This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I've had a very powerful person, I don't want to mention his name, tell me that in a meeting, wow, man, with your acting ability and your action ability and all of that and your looks and your body, man, you could be as big as Tom Cruise. Too bad you're black. <sighs> this is exact, but he said so, he said it with such, like, he had no concern about that, that there was anything wrong. But instead of bristling at that, I said, he's, he's showing me how people think. I'm your host, Casey Finey, and this is Creative Conversation, a Fast Company podcast. Michael Jai White is one of those legends who doesn't get nearly the amount of credit he deserves. It's easy to categorize Michael as that ripped martial arts action star in Spawn, Mortal Kombat, and Black Dynamite, but with a career that stretches over 30 years, he's done way more than you think. Even with the shackles of being typecast and, let's be frank, the racism in the entertainment industry. Let Michael tell it though, and all of that has led him to where he's at now with his own production studio making the projects he's always wanted to make. In this episode, Michael explains how he's learned to exist outside the boxes people put him in and why truth and honesty should always factor into your creativity. Michael Jai White, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. So, you know, I want to start from really the beginning because I know that at one point in your career, you were actually a teacher. So what mm -hmm. pulled you into acting? I didn't realize that this was something that was in my blood. So what what it was, you know, I, you know, I went to college thinking, oh, yeah, you got to have something that's you know, that makes sense, <laughs> like, you know, that ticks the boxes and stuff. Like, I was just trying to be conservative of, like, just be, you know, kind of like keep my feet on the ground. I enjoyed the acting, but I'm like, I never knew an actor growing up. And so I, I guess I didn't take it as serious, right? I thought it was something that I just enjoyed. But it just kind of kept messing with me. Whenever I had time off from teaching, I'd always go to New York audition for commercials and what have you and you're teaching in, in connecticut yeah okay yeah. yeah i was a, a special ed teacher and um and then i realized you know <laughs> this is really something i got to get out of my system i either i, I better fail miserably uh, and just and get it out of my system or you know see if i could do it and so so far I haven't failed. <laughs> I don't think you will at this point. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like because you, you just described something that I think a lot of people, uh, particularly in the creative field, go through, like that struggle of I should pick something more stable versus, you know, really pursuing something, my, my, my true passion or this thing, like you said, that was in your blood that might be a little unstable, like acting. So did yeah. you feel like you had to give yourself permission to forego that more stable career to pursue something like acting? Like, what was that? What was that like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I didn't really know, you know, really what acting w was like. The, all I knew is that the very uh, extroverted people that was in my school were the actors, the ones with the blue hair and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't identify with that, but right. I do identify with just humanity. And I enjoy the the, the social part, the, the um, exploration of life through another for different characters and stuff. And then um, really 
to, you know, I kind of, my, my uh, rosebud moment with, you know, <laughs> Citizen Kane rosebud moment is when I start to realize that when I was in third and fourth grade, I'd put on puppet shows for my, for my class. And if everybody behaved, they were, they, they were treated to my puppet shows. This is, uh, this was in a, uh, a Catholic school. So that was the treat, a puppet show. Yeah. I love it. That yeah, is very Catholic school. Because I would, you know, I created them. I wrote the, you know, created the stories and I acted out the characters. And now when I was 10, I was doing my own um, Super 8 millimeter, like, um, yeah, yeah. Videos. And I would edit them in camera. Like, you know, I, I would, I was doing all the stuff that nobody told me to do this. This was just in me. It was, it just was like the aha moment that's like, hey, man, you're supposed to be an actor. Are you supposed to be in this, in this business? And so when I had that realization, then everything changed. Nice. And so what were those early years like for you? Like when you decided this is what I want to pursue? Well, I, I knew I, I had to kind of get a grasp on, a total grasp on reality first, first and foremost, because I would meet a lot of actors who... You know, it, it was kind of like they looked at things from a very, you know, myopic perspective. Mm. And I realized this is a business, right? How, how am I going to get people to hire me? And also, you know, there were so many people that were like, you know, encouraging, like, oh, man, you'd be great as an actor. And I was like, am I? Is, is this really set for me? Because when I start to look at the black characters, our representations, it'd be character types cast more than anything else and knowing that i kind of had leading man looks and you know effect i go well where are those people mm. <laughs> you know right where are those people the white world and black world completely different where, mm -hmm. where you you sit and you look at every sitcom every movie everything commercials everything had a leading alpha male white guy but it would not be so for the black actors. Mm -hmm. And in the industry, I mean, quite early on, I was asked by studio executives and people who were trying to put together action movies and stuff to help them find the white version of me. <laughs> they asked so that I, of you. I swear to you, there's acceptance of this racial thing in Hollywood where it's like, oh, we're, we're going... We're not going to go black on this when we're going to go, you know, we're going to go white. We, and so the, it becomes commonplace. I've had a very powerful person, I don't want to mention his name, tell me that in a meeting, wow, man, with your acting ability and your action ability and all of that and your looks and your body, man, you could be as big as Tom Cruise. Too bad you're black. <sighs> but he said so, he said it with such, like, he had no concern about like, that there was anything wrong. Mm -hmm. But instead of bristling at that, I said, he's, he's showing me how people think. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, you know, I'm grateful for any kind of truth coming from someone, even if I, if I disagree with it. Right. I mean, I really had to learn the business part of this whole thing to be able to still be standing now and know that you're going to deal with a lot of ignorance and people, you know, who have to try to kind of, marginalize you and put you in a, in, in certain places because that's you can't expect much more of them because that's just where they come from mm -hmm. and so that so for me to still keep standing i had to really go about it very strategically like i didn't do martial art movies at first mm -hmm. 
even though I was offered and I still, you know, was winning championships and what have you. But I was like, no, I got to establish myself as a legitimate actor first, because, you know, here I am doing off Broadway things in New York. But as soon as you start doing action, people want to categorize you. They always want to marginalize all the time. You know, I mean, I, you know, and I could do, you know, and it's funny because I do mostly, if you look at, if you line up my work, the majority of it is actually strange enough in comedy. Right. And I find it so interesting that you mentioned that you talk about navigating it, because I think for some people, once they figured that out, once it was a situation of like, oh, this is how this is like, you know, I could be bigger, but, you know, as as that executive said, like you could be the Tom Cruise, but you're black for some people that might have been the sign to be like, this isn't for me. So for you, I mean, like, what was it that kept you? going what was it what was it that sort of made you think let me navigate around this as opposed to let me just like hang this up well i mean uh, just in life there's i can't expect much from people who don't have the capacity for much right (laughs) say that again (laughs) right so it's like drawing blood from a stone you know so like i'm not gonna let that bother me that's just the way it works right you know and then and you know you look at now things have changed drastically because there are young guys running running studios, running things that didn't grow up with that that mm-hmm. idea. I mean, these people represent an old guard from way back when. Yeah, you know, and and they 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 hang on to that with all their might because that's all they know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about understanding people. So when you think about, you know, those, you know, again, those early years and, and, and as you mentioned, navigating what the acting space was like back in, you know, the 90s as a black actor, what did you learn from that? I always tell people it's, it's show business for a we- reason. It's, it's business. Fortunately, I can never take off my director and producer brain. I've always looked at things big picture wise. And so I knew that was going to be a strength of mine. And, and I've also written for, for several years that, you know, even under pseudonyms and sold things. Hmm. You know, one thing I knew I, I brought was, you know, my journey and my, my truth that a lot of people haven't been able to walk, you know. So, you know, my background is very unique. It's not, it's not a regular actor's background by, by any means. Nope. Um, you know, because, you know. I've been on my own since I was 14 and, you know, live things that you, you usually only see in movies. Wow. But I think I, I'm so grateful for that because I, I continue to be the happiest person I know because of those, <laughs> because I knew when, what real struggle was. You know? right. So, you right. know, it, so I think I bring a perspective that people can um, be entertained by and, and, and learn from. Absolutely. And so, you know, for your career spans, what, like over 30 years now? I mean, you've been in, you've been in this for a while. How would you describe your growth as an actor from those early years till now? What well, is that evolution at, like? I look at my, my growth as a, an entity in this industry. Honestly, if it was just about acting, I wouldn't be in it. Mm. No, definitely not. If it was just acting, is no, it, 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 it would not have held my interest because it's, it's not a business that uh, that rewards talent. It, no. war- it, it, re- it rewards heat. Hey, if, I always say if somebody wants to get into it, if it's got to be in your soul, it's got to be something that feeds you 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just feel sorry for the people who get into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But see, I never separated the art and the business. I mean, I love both. I love the business part of it, which is why I've been producing and, and finding a lot of joy in the creation of art. Right. Now, that's, I'm the guy doing puppet shows. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's my thing. Right. And it's yeah. funny that you mentioned because you, you, you said earlier that you were, that you've written some things under pseudonyms because, you know, I was going to ask, you have like well over a hundred acting credits to your name now, but you know, if you look at your IMDb, there's only like a very, like very few that you have like writing and directing and producing. When did that come into focus for you? I realized early on, I didn't know right offhand um, that I had that kind of director's mindset and, you know, until I started giving my opinion in in meetings and stuff and then it just kind of things just kind of happened hmm. um where in and, and one thing i really enjoy is i love problem solving hmm. that's i love that i love that stuff i'm i've always been good at it yeah i've always i you know even when i was a kid i was you know i was the therapist for like people twice my age <laughs> i was I just had an ability to see through and go, okay, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's a, it's a puzzle piece that I enjoy. Yeah. And so with directing, it's just this wonderful puzzle piece and you're going to win. You're going to win. You know, that's the way I look at it. It's like, you've got, you know, talented people in different, you know, different um, areas. How do you not win? Like that's true. You know, and people, you know, I don't think it's a very stressful medium myself. Uh, I, I think, man, it's a joy to be able to tell these stories and work with other people who have, you know, walked those burning sands with you to get where they are, <laughs> and you're all meeting at this place. Right. So it's like, man, it's magical, and 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 these movies will outlive you. So that's why true. the hell would you just phone anything in? That's just the way I look at it, and I. And so for me, I don't see a lot of heart in movies, right? Mm. And I want to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I think obviously one of your, uh, I consider one of your most notable credits in terms of being, you know, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera has been Black Dynamite. I mean, that movie was just like, it's only it's been 12 years, but I feel like it still strikes a chord with so many people because, you know, it got spun into an animated TV series, like fans have been screaming for a sequel. And so, you know, when you think back at that film and seeing the response it got, I mean, what stands out to you? I'm a child of Monty Python, (laughs) Uh, you know, and so, you know, that's really ingrained the layers Mm -hmm. of humor. Right. You know, the absurd, the uh, abstract, the, you know, the the kind of cerebral. All of that, I, I can't turn that stuff off. It's just the way my mind works, mm-hmm. which is you know why you know I have a movie coming out called Outlaw Johnny Black, which mm-hmm. is, you know is is an, is another thing that is it's very unique. I mean, it's very much like if you like Black Dynamite, you'll love this thing. Right. Uh, it's um you know in in the years that I've learned and actually I think evolved from when I you know when I first wrote Black Dynamite. Um, but yeah, you know, just being able to create stuff, uh, art that everybody can identify with, and not just one faction. You know, that's that's just it. Just it's natural for me, and you know, it's just taking a while, and ha- you know, I have to really plot carefully on how to do that. I've never played the Hollywood game, not my entire time. 
Hmm. I've had in influential people that wanted to bring me into their fold, but to do so with, you know, the, as an entourage or whatever. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm never going to do that. I just know that. So I had to look at myself in the mirror for the rest of my life. So I know, you know, I've worked for what, you know, what, what I've accomplished. So it just, it just makes sense. And it's a, it's a wonderful time for me right now because I'm, I'm finally getting up to bat to do the things I really want to do. See, and that feeds into what I wanted to ask, because I feel like, you know, do you feel seen by Hollywood at large? Because I ask, because, you know, so often in communities like the black community, you know, we have these conversations about honoring our legends and giving them their flowers when we feel, because we feel like they're not recognized enough in the quote unquote mainstream. And so do you feel like that's been, I mean, kind of, we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but I mean, like, do you feel like that's been the case for you? That doesn't bother me at all. In a world where people categorize folks, and, and it's, it's gotten just even more so with, with social media. Absolutely. I, oh, I'm the karate guy. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm, the, I'm the funny guy from the Tyler Perry movie. Right. Oh, I'm the Like, go ahead. Feel free to categorize me until I, I break from that category. It's, right. it's, not about the, it's not about the sprint. It's about the marathon, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's what happens is that people, like, all the while, I've just been there, right? And... I, What's some a comedian friend, a friend of mine called me um, Denzel Van Swanson, <laughs> Denzel Van Swanson Hart. <laughs> That's what, yeah, he said, he, uh, yeah, it's an old Denzel Van Swanson Hart. Okay, wait, so I, was, Denzel Washington, Jean-Claude Van Damme, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Kevin Hart. Okay, got it. That's actually perfect for right. you. I said, if you're Denzel Van Swanson Hart, then... It's not strange that people don't know how to categorize you. Right. So, I mean, I, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here. And when we're back, Michael dives into how his production company is helping him fulfill his purpose. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. You know, I definitely want to talk about Gigantic Studios, which is, you know, the film studio that you launched in Connecticut. It sounds like all roads were leading to this point in a way, since given the fact that right. you, you know, have mentioned many times that you love both, you know, the, the art and the business side of show mm -hmm. business. So just I'd love to hear a little bit about like how this came together. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because I've had a, a few projects that uh, had some autobiographical uh, mm -hmm. components in it. And one of them, I always wanted to shoot back in Connecticut. And I, I had two Oscar winners read the material and say, we got to get this done. And I said, well, hold on. Let me see if I can uh, kind of amass a, a laundry list of favors and, you know, local, and get local people involved mm -hmm. in Connecticut, where I'm from, to see, you know, just so I have a campaign to say, Let's shoot it here. You know, here are all these benefits of shooting it here. And so what happened is that a lot of people in, in uh, the communities and, you know, the movers and shakers started looking into my background mm -hmm. and thinking, well, wait a minute, this guy was a former school teacher. And ever since I left Bridgeport, I, I would go back constantly and I do tours. Mm -hmm. um, motivational speaking tours and 
And you know, but I do that all, all, all around the country. That's something that I never receive a dime for that. I, I refuse because right. I know I've been spared for that reason. Because hmm. uh, I wasn't, you know, there's a lot of ways I would, shouldn't have been here. So that's something that, in a way, I consider underneath my real job. Right. So they started really connecting with all of that. And I said, well, look, if I'm, if I'm shooting these films here, what I'm going to be leaving is an industry behind me. You know, this company, they're going to donate this building and, and I'm going to do this and I can get this building from the city for a little bit of nothing, which is ri ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, this is going to be a studio. You know, well, we can educate kids. We can teach them, um, you know, filmmaking, all, all kinds of stuff, VR. We are going straight into these, these schools. We're, we're going to be educating uh, countless kids and, and, and putting people to work. And it's like, there's, n there's nothing to stop us. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, well, I mean, how am I not going to do that? Hmm. So not only is a, we found that, you know, there's a lot of ways that this business sustains itself. And as far as like studio rental, when we, when we opened the first studio, we put an announcement out on a Friday, the very next day on the weekend, we had five offers. Wow. And Netflix moved in. Wow. And so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Netflix came and got, got, got one of the studios before we were even officially open. Wow. Hey man, it's about doing your best work and how there's nothing I could be doing that could be better than that. Yeah. You know? And, and not only that, to be able to shoot my own films and you know, it has a perspective that, dare I say, nobody out there has. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You know, so, I mean, you know, you see this formula. You know, formula is there for a reason. You know, but I know formula. And I know how to use formula and, and put some better ingredients in it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? You could, you, you know, you could improve on the recipe. <laughs> right. and, and, you know, but... The fact that I've I've been improving on the recipe for quite some time, and my, my films have been, you know, overperforming. Mm -hmm. You know, every everything I've produced has overperformed, and so I'm going to keep up with that. And then, you know, you you make your your uh, your investors happy. Right. And uh, and one thing I love is that I'm finally at the place where there are people who want to you know invest, but it's not about their money. Hmm. It's like, who are you? You so clearly have this uh, this love for the community and making sure that you're building something that you know kind of has some sort of impact attached to it. It's not just you know a, a money making machine or a movie making mm -hmm. machine. And so, yeah. you know, I guess like what? How would you? I guess like how would you describe Gigantic Studios then? Because it seems like it's more than just a studio. Like what? Like what does? What does it mean to you? Well, I mean, we have a moniker that says uh, where hero, heroes rise, but hmm. it's weird because I'm at the forefront, but I'm a, an extremely shy person at the same time. This is just something that I have to get used to. You're um, shy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fool me. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like if you give me a compliment, I, I bury my head. I, you know, try to get put and go but, I, I'm, I, I enjoy so much giving than I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a giver, I, you know, and really the honest truth in this industry, I'm an entertainer, mm -hmm. you know, 
I'm a storyteller, entertainer. I'm a servant. So that's that's the truth of it. Right. And and I serve the community that I'm I'm ministering to. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's really what it's about. It ain't about me. I know. If I had it my way, I'd you know, I'd ride off in the sunset and be behind the scenes and and just kind of, uh, you know, just pr- producing. Mm. That's you know, that's really my my, my you know. End don't goal. do but, that. <laughs> no, no, don't but, do that. But but I'm I, you know I got the lampshade on my head because <laughs> you know it's because I you know I got to be the barker you know right. I got to be like you know so you know and while I'm young and still you know very healthy and everything else i'm going to continue to do that but you know i i would i'd love to be that guy behind the scenes and and uh and making stuff happen Mm -hmm. that i think really matters you know so that's really what what excites me you know and and putting people to work especially people who can use it and especially people who are from neighborhoods like mine and communities like mine who are amazingly talented and have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so I know without a doubt that this is my purpose. This is why I've been saved to do this. And so that's far beyond the industry, the business, anything like that, because I wouldn't even have that if it weren't for, you know, what I, my, my deep core belief that I've been spared for this very reason. So, you know, that supersedes anything Hollywood. One thing that I always love to ask all my guests, you know, to, to, to sort of close out the conversation is, you know, this is a podcast all about creativity. So, you know, at this point in your career, how have you come to define creativity? Like, what does that mean to you? I, I, for me, it's, you know, being searching for ultimate truth and honesty, hmm. that has to start with yourself. Sometimes someone may not know what their motivations truly are. And that's going to reflect in your art. If there is any compromise in truth or honesty, we fool ourselves all the time. You know, like I said, that has an effect on what we create. Yeah, somebody says, oh, this is honest from their perspective. But how learned is that perspective? Mm. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, we got deep there for a minute. <laughs> but I appreciate it. That's such a that's a grill that's a great point. But yeah. oh man, Michael Jai White, thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it. And it's yeah, it's been such an honor. So thank you well, for thank your time. Thank you, thank you, man. I, I really enjoyed it. As always, thanks for listening to Creative Conversation. Make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and I'll see you on the next one.